Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. Hey guys, Matt, Beer Massive, back with a, uh, a podcast. Oh, we do those here. We do podcasts. How about that? Um, yeah, I'm back solo with one of my individual podcasts, or as I like to call them, editorials. Most of what I do here is actually like brewer interviews or industry interviews. Um, there's some peppering of roundtables and other bits and pieces when it comes to the podcast format. But every now and then, I like to drop an editorial. Uh, editorial? What is that? Basically, as far as I do them, it's basically me yammering my thoughts into a camera about my opinions. I think that's kind of spot on with the definition, but anyway... Usually these kind of toss around and bip and bobble in my head over several weeks, if not months, until they kind of brew and stew into something that I think is worthy of talking about. And today's subject is, is actually a two-parter. It kind of be, be presented as one that in the end, hopefully, I tie in semi-coherently. And that is the combination of, as a craft drinker, as a beer fan, as a beer lover, the... What's the word I'm looking for? The... The trend of people not knowing the difference between a beer you don't like and a beer that is made badly. Kind of just a, a brief touch on the lack of education in beer, at least from just an appreciation standpoint. And on the other end of things, it's more of an industry thing from a brewer standpoint of things, which is uh, the difference between a good beer and a beer that you made. In that there is a direct correlation between breweries putting out beer that they perceive as public worthy, even though they uh, might not be, just because they're a small craft brewery, and more so on a, to a greater extent that they carry that independent craft beer label. So first things first, we're going to talk about the craft beer lover side of things. It's it, It's been a... a a problem, or I guess it's a, a common trait with a lot of people. Because uh, for those in the podcast world that don't know, I do a lot of video stuff. I do a lot of beer reviews. I talk about beer. Uh, I don't grade them like most people do. I don't go out there and kind of give arbitrary kind of uh, numbers to beer, whether it's 5 out of 5 or 93 out of 100 or uh, B plus out of, out of an A. I just basically kind of cover beer. I talk about beer whether I enjoy them, whether I like them, whether they're made badly or whether they're not made badly. And that's the big distinction that I think has been lost in a lot of craft beer drinkers today. I mean, this comes to no surprise. I've talked about this ad nauseum. The craft beer drinker, as we know it today, especially in 2018, is super young. Uh, I would venture to say, and this is a guess, and it's always been a guess, but I think I'm pretty spot on. Is that like eight, at least 80% of the beer people in the beer today got a beer? Over the past five or so years, give or take, past several years, let's put it that way. And that's a great thing. You know what I mean? Beer is a, is a business as a, as an industry is booming. I mean, it's crazy the growth that you see in it. And that kind of ties into the second portion of the show, the kind of uh, the independent label discussion we're going to have. 
it's it's one of those things where it's growing so fast that a lot of people end up skipping steps and end up not trudging through the various stages of beer growth, whether it be, you know what I mean, going from your kind of tap room, if you're lucky enough to have one by you back in the day, most of us weren't, but kind of going through whatever you can get on draft that you thought was fancy at the time. And when I was younger, when I was a kid, you know, it was Guinness and 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 and, and Beck's and you know Stellar Trois and stuff like that, and then kind of growing into your kind of local craft scene, into your kind of American craft scene, and usually kind of dipping into your Belgians, and dipping into your kind of European big name, big import beers, and eventually as things grow and as things expand, kind of growing into beer and then getting into different flavors and kind of along that way, whether you knew it or not, you actually ended up developing not just a, a appreciation for taste and what you like and what you don't like, which is always evolving and always changing, but end up discovering negative things about beer. And in more times than not through that growth and that discussion, you end up discovering whether you consciously know it or not flaws in beer whether they be you know uh you know overt negative oxidation to you know diacetyl to dimethyl sulfide to 19 other different um off flavors and talk about how beer is made and whether it's actually okay this is you know there these things wrong with this beer or this beer is just not made correctly as far as balance goes or this beer is just not you know it, there's good things about it but there's these negative things about it because it just wasn't made in a way that it could showcase what it wants to be and that was always a distinct difference um between beers you didn't like you know, for me personally, my beer that if somebody ever asked me what beer I don't like in beer, that is Rosh beer. I just, I've just never gotten a taste for it. It's been a while since I've revisited and I'll constantly go back and revisit it to see if the tables turn, the page turns on a Rosh beer for me. And, and there's versions of Rosh beer that I can get down with, like smoking wood from the brewery. But if you go to somebody that's a traditional beer level lover, either you're kind of, you know, old school German, you're kind of old hat uh, journalist, uh, you're BJCP nerd. They're not going to call smoking wood a traditional Rosh beer. It's more kind of an old ale with smoked malt and all that stuff. But anyway, getting off a tangent. Um, I've never been a big fan of those beers. But going into the beer, going into several versions of it, I've always prided myself on being able to distinguish. Well, I, this is I, these tastes don't appeal to me, but this tastes really well made. There's a nice balance between the smokiness and the malt and all that stuff. It's just those individual flavors that composite and create and, and, and encompass a Rosh beer just generally aren't for me. Uh, and, and that was typically the kind of life. Uh, lifeline, the growth line, the kind of, uh, you know, how you grew up in beer. But it seems like that 85, 80, 85% of people getting into beer now, it's quickly become a matter of, I don't like it, therefore it's a bad beer. And it, it's kind of a problem, it seems like, in the, in the beer community, because you see so many people out there that are getting into beer nowadays, they just don't go... They don't go out far enough onto the ledge or they don't go far out enough into the kind of educational portion of the show to distinguish between the two. Um, you see it a lot. I mean, with the way kind of un, un, uh, you know untapped of the world, the beer advocates of the world, your rate beers of the world, those sites existing in, co in kind of combination with social media. Uh, and the way people think nowadays that everybody's the star of their own reality show and, and what they say is infinitely important. 
you have a lot of people out there that actually don't know the difference between what's good and bad that just basically emphatically state this is a bad beer. And you see, like I said, you see it a lot of times on Untapped. You'll be like, as, as <laughs> what's the word I want to put, as idiotically, because uh, that's a word, uh, as, as people saying, I hate sours. I didn't think I was going to like this, and I was right. This beer sucks. One star. Or you see people that go on to uh, Beer Advocate. Or you see people go on to rape your all the rating sites and basically hash out the same thing. And and I, I kind of made an analogy about it a couple of times. Is I call it the roller coaster analogy, um, which is, you know, you see people that go out there and, and, and they, they drink like a big, huge imperial adjunct stout and just go, man, this is way too f- sweet. That's that's a 70, you know, or they go, oh, this old school hop forward West Coast IPA way too bittering. And it has too much malt for me. This beer sucks. It's made badly. That's that's a two. Um, uh, you know, the saison is funky and dry and tart, and uh, it's not sweet enough for me. It sucks. And this sour, this this you know, this cascade sour, fruited sour, way too acidic, way too over the top sour. It's way too sour for me. Three stars. And and it. it my analogy about it would always be like you, you don't go on a roller coaster and expect to be you, you ride the roller coaster and at the end go man it went up and down really fast and it dropped off cliffs and it spun around i hate all that shit this sucks i hate that roller coaster roller coasters suck two stars and that's the big kind of separation between the two that i don't think a lot of people get is that the roller coaster doesn't suck it's just you don't like it and if you went on a roller coaster and it was all rickety and it almost broke and you're fucking, you almost flew out of your chair. You broke your elbow because you weren't strapped down correctly. And, and then it broke down halfway through and you had to be rescued on top. That's a bad roller coaster. That's a bad roller coaster. That's, that's not, you could hate roller coasters and get on that roller coaster and have that happen. And it be a bad roller coaster and also a roller coaster you don't like. And that's your kind of, uh, causation versus correlation thing, which kind of mixes everything up where one thing doesn't exactly mean the same, but you end up in the right decision kind of thing. I think that's a lot of what people confuse about beer nowadays is that you need to be able to separate the two between something you don't like and between something that's made badly and just not what you like. Where does that responsibility lie? Does it responsibility lie in the beer drinker? I think it does. I think that's where most of it lies. Does it rely on the beer maker? Uh, a little bit, to be perfectly honest with you, because I think a lot of people end up getting into beer and uh, they kind of set these rules, your your, your semi-archaic BJCP rules, or what people traditionally think about beer, and then people will put beer out there in the world and be like, this is our hazy New England style APA, and it's just like a red ale, a hoppy red ale, and then, you know, sometimes, you know, the beer producer bears a burden on that. Um, beer magazines, uh, untapped in the culture itself, the knee-jerk kind of reactive culture of where beer is nowadays, it, uh, shoulders a heavy burden on that because there's a lot of kind of ticket Instagram uh, picture by number kind of tell the story without actually tasting stuff nowadays and dictating what's good or bad without actually tasting the beer, explaining what's good about it or having a beer and not explaining that it's bad also bears a burden. I, my grand infinite knowledge which is not that infinite not that grand sippy poo hold on Hmm. people should know what the fuck they're talking about you know you're gonna go into a beer if you want to go in a beer let's rewind it a bit 
you don't have to know what you're talking about. You don't have to know shit. You just have to know what you like and you don't like. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like there's several things in my life which I'm like, I like that. I know nothing about it. That's where my conversation stops. The problem starts when you have a lot of people, and this goes into the whole social media portion of the show, where people talk about themselves or talk about beer or be involved in a way that they'd be like, okay, I'm me. And this is your whole endowment effect to where it's like, I'm me. I like beer and I'm me. So therefore my words are very important to where they go into things, not knowing shit, not knowing the vocabulary, not having the experience of about talking about things and then try to validate themselves or validate the point they have in the subject without actually having the basis or the information or order to talk intelligently about it and to be able to make a, a, a point, a correct point and a lucid argument about what they perceive is either right, wrong or somewhere in between or in, or in the middle. A, a, a good portion of that is just people just not wanting to give a shit, not wanting to learn things. You have people out there that just love the hazy IPAs. I'm drinking one right now, and this one's absolutely fantastic as far as I'm concerned. I feel like I know enough about to say whether it's a bad beer and a beer I like it. I think it's a well-made beer, and I think it's probably a little bit above where I would say it, it's how well it's made to actually enjoy it. Um, it, it. There can be beers like the hazy IPAs are a big one. There's a lot of negative flaws and a lot of quote unquote, traditionally bad kind of methods in, in these hazy beers, but they're kind of hidden behind a bunch of different things and who doesn't like fucking butter. So people dig on those things and they say amazing beer. This is fantastic. Whereas conversely, any other and the things still drink a beer, maybe even by the same brewery. That'll be a small little tiny Pilsner that has a soft bittering to it. Not much else. A little bit of salt, sweet malt, you know, classic to a team is fantastic. And it sucks because it's not hitting them in the face with, uh, with hops and that beer ends up being shitty to have that person not enjoy the well-made beer, but enjoy the flawed beer. There is nothing wrong with that in, in the grand scheme of things. Like I said, it's when the person gets on their horse, gets on their soapbox and actually talks about this beer sucks because of X, Y, and Z, but it's all, you know, your subjective point of view. That's the biggest problem I see. And, and this comes a lot as I talked about earlier, which I was going to lean into, but it took me like 20 minutes to get there in only 10 minutes of audio filming. Anyway, as I see it a lot in my reviews, when I actually post stuff online, it's been like getting exponentially more apparent is that I'll talk about a beer in a glowing sense. And since I cover a lot of beers that aren't like super hip or super popular, I believe me, I cover a lot of those. Cause a lot of the beers I cover are sent not by breweries, but by fans and people that actually want me to just cover beers. Um, and I'll talk about those, those super popular, like pseudo whales, but I'll also kind of crack a bunch of kind of shelfies in like local stuff and, and stuff that's readily available. And people will constantly just talk about how negative it is. I don't like this. This beer sucks. This, that, and the other thing. It just weighs on you over time. It just, it, it's one of those things where you just want people to actually sit down and actually put in a little bit of effort. Again, you don't have to put in any effort if you don't want to. If you're not going to talk on the other end of things, you know, if you're, you're going to sit there and actually talk, try to have a conversation about why things are the way they are. It doesn't have to be about beer. It could be about anything you want to be passionate about, whether it be politics or music or art or fucking farts. I don't care what it is. 
it put some effort into it. You know what I mean? Like sit there, learn the the ins and outs of at least the basics of beer, the negativeness of beer, whether it be what the negative traits of a beer are, why they're like that possible reasons for why they ended up that way and bring some constructive criticism to the game other than it sucks or it doesn't suck because in the grand scheme of things, you're not helping anything other than perceivably you're helping yourself. You feel like you're actually propping yourself up on some kind of weird mantle pedestal that you feel like, okay, now I've got some cred points from the people in the beer world in my Facebook group or, or Reddit feed or wherever you kind of spout your beerisms at you're, you're, you're not helping anything out there. You know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things. But if you actually sit there and, 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 and talk about beer in, in a thoughtful way, you'd be surprised like how receptive, not just other people that are into beer that are really passionate about it are, but brewers are, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where if you know enough to be more than dangerous, but actually like lucid to wear a shirt, you don't, I'm not going to say all the stuff that tumbles out of my mouth is absolutely hundred percent correct. And I am an authority in anything other than me being infinitely confident about what I say, because that's just how I'm born. But I know enough to where I feel like, you know, it is what it is. But you know, when I say certain things about breweries, if they come off in a negative light, I never get negative blowback from breweries. Very rarely a couple have, you know, not said anything, but you can tell they're just kind of keeping their distance and that's totally fine. More times than not, the brewery actually reaches out and they're very receptive um, to the things that I have to say. And I've heard it from other people too. It's not just me. I'm people that are very, um, you know, passionate about being in this super hobby. I guess you'd put it. If you not only dig the thing that you're in, but put the time and effort into knowing the thing that you're in the people that create the thing that you're in if you're not one of the creators will still be receptive to what you have to say and if you're talking about things being shit or fire as the kids say that's what they say nowadays right um that only goes so far it's very kind of i don't know the you know was it damper has new clothes kind of thing is very fake. Is that what they say it is? It basically serves no purpose other than propping yourself up and in, in, in your little small little world. So, you know, if you're going to go as far as to scream at the, uh, at the mountaintop, um, yell and scream about how this beer sucks, especially when someone like myself, and that's how you have to view it from where I'm sitting is that I see people yelling at me going, what you're an idiot. You, that beer fucking sucks. And be like, no, the beer doesn't fucking suck. I've read your comments over the past year when you've commented on everything. Every time I do a Belgian beer, you say it sucks. Well, that's because you don't like Belgian beers. It's not because the beer sucks. It's because you don't like it. There's a difference. You need to know the difference. That's my first part of the rant. The second part is the craft beer independent label. Um, this is a narrative that actually been driven recently. Um, by John Hall of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, Steal This Beer, author. I interviewed him podcasts uh, in podcasts previous. The recent one was only about a month or two ago. He's been driving this narrative lately. And it's not singular to him. That's the whole reason why I'm going to bring it up as my own conversation because I've actually been cultivating my theory about it since its inception. If you actually go back and watch a lot of my videos, whenever I pull out a beer that has the independent craft label on it, you actually see... Me go, oh, I have a theory about this. I'm cultivating it. I'll get back to you. I literally said it probably in about 20 videos. And I'm getting to the point where now where it's pretty apparent what's going on. 
the independent craft label is kind of, it's cyclical. You know, macro existed back in the day. If you want to talk about macro beers, there's a lot of books that kind of cover it. I mean, one of the more recent books about uh, covering micro versus craft beer, I believe, was, was um, Have a Stout. No, no, what was that? That, that, that a Goose Island book that uh, Noel wrote. Anyway, um, uh, there was a microbrew. Microbrew. A lot of people hear that, especially like millennials nowadays, super young people that go microbrew. What the fuck's microbrew? It's kind of like um, it's kind of like um, seeing like pounce on in a phone or like no, it's a hashtag and be like okay, well micro, <coughs> excuse me, microbrew is went to craft brew. You know what I mean? That ended up being microbrew. Ended up being like kind of like a shit term that was dropped by craft brewing in general because it it, it just made them seem small. And this is more internally on a craft brew side of things. And I ended up picking the mantle up and kind of taking craft beer, craft beer, and making that their own. And it got to the point where, you know, breweries like AB InBev, um, Miller Coors, um, uh, Constellation, all that stuff, started to buy our breweries that were technically, quote-unquote, craft breweries, that they started to use the word craft brewing. And then they decided they wanted to kind of separate themselves the pack yet again. And they decided to use the word independent craft brewing. And they kind of wrote down a bunch of rules that be like, okay, these people are craft brewing and these people aren't. And this is where we draw the line in order to keep ABM Bev and all that stuff at bay. And that's, you know, have your conversations about that. You're more than welcome to have that conversation. I've talked about it before. That's not, this is about, this is more about the label itself. So I end up taking this label and they say, here it is. This is our, uh, as John Hall would put it, the upside down ketchup bottle label. Um, but they give you the, the, the symbol and they said, okay, you go and you register on our website or with us. Sippy time. And then if you pass all the check marks, you are allowed to use this label, which will dictate to everybody that you are a certified independent crap brewery. Which is awesome. In 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 the kind of ultralistic kind of rainbows and 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 lollipops kind of realm. The problem with that is, and I've been thinking about a way to kind of explain this without pissing off too many people, because I have an analogy I want to use, but I know it's just gonna piss some people off. But it is what it is, so again. I'm using this as an analogy, and people who I think will get pissed off by it, I think if they secretly in the back of their heads know I'm making a good point here. The end of craft craft brewing label ends up coming off a lot like unions. In that, I'm not trying to besmirch a union. My dad was in one for forever until he retired. I'm not kind of shit on unions. I'm saying unions have a kind of structure to them. And that unions have a structure to where, you know, there's a a core protection of the whole, of the whole entity. You know, that's the whole point of the union. So the man, the business can't come down and crush and destroy and do whatever to the, you know, the people that are actually belong to a union. That's very, very basic outline of what it is. I'm not getting in debate of actually what unions are about. I can't stress that enough. I'm just using an analogy. So if that pisses you off, please don't write me. So write somebody else. Anyway, and it is basically to protect the worker uh, as a whole. But what you end up having is the middle and the top and the bottom are all separate. 
And by that, I mean, you end up having a kind of a floor and a ceiling for, for the worst, or how do I put this? You have a floor and a ceiling for what can happen on both ends of the spectrum when it comes to, uh, the things that can happen, which, which, which can be brilliant, brilliance, um, growth and have growth kind of keep going or have something drop out the bottom. Listen, if you're in a union and you don't work, you don't actually do your job. You don't do it. You're going to get fired. You know, you can't just not do anything. You can't join a union and go, I'm not fucking working. And then, you know, you just lose your fucking job. You know, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? You're going to lose your job. You're going to go away. You have to actually do your job. But there's set rules to what you have to do. And there's certain bits and pieces of it that have to be accomplished in order for you to be in your union and do what you need to do. I mean, we're skipping over the whole seniority and all that bullshit again. We're not getting a union point. I'm using it as an analogy. That is going to be way long-winded, and I probably could have thought of a better one, but that's what you're getting. But at the same time, the kind of super hyper-aggressive growth portion of the show also gets tempered by that. There's almost like a bubble to it. And that's what I kind of see when it comes to the kind of independent label thing, is that it ends up being a, a, a symbol that a lot of people are gravitating towards and using to protect themselves as opposed to inspiring themselves, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm trying to use this. I should just go balls on the wall and say what I want to say without apologizing. But like, you know, it, it, there's nothing about a, a union in, in, in the textual form of how it's written. that inspires me. There's nothing about it. That's like, Oh, this is the inspiring way that I would want to exist in a workplace. No, if I worked at a workplace and I, you know, I was being downtrodden, I wasn't being paid correctly. I personally, based on my skill set and what I do, I would leave because I feel like I could flourish and grow in what I do in my life. And I have, I've done that. You know what I mean? I haven't had the need for a union. There's some places and more in the industry manufacturing realm that that's kind of needed. It is what it is. I can't keep apologizing for that. Just fucking, if you listen this far, you're not going to be that pissed anyway. But what ends up happening is it ends up stifling inspiration. It ends up stifling kind of, kind of growth in, in creativity and imagination because it ends up being a thing that is driven by, uh, by uh, conformity. I guess you would say, and by uh, fear of, not the word, the word I'm looking for is not rejection, but fear of failure. And what the independent craft label does is that it's acting like a shield uh, to me, to where it ends up being like, okay, if I use this independent craft label, then I have been deemed a certain level of beer worthiness. I am an independent craft brewer. Therefore, you can be assured of a couple different attributes from me. And that'd be quality, independence, um, uh, you know, a, a, a home, you know, crafted artisanal made product that is made well and made by the people and made with love. It's not what that fucking symbol means. That symbol means one thing, one thing only is that you're not run by a big corporation. But a ton of people are taking that independent craft label and using it as a marker for quality product, kind of like made in the USA. Listen, made in the USA is great. I work for a company, a, a manufacturer 
we employ a ton of people and we try to keep everything we can in the United States. And we actually give a shit about what we do. There's a lot of people that are made in the USA. Don't give a shit about what they do. So just because something's made in the USA doesn't mean it's made well. Just because something's made outside of the USA doesn't mean it's made badly. Same thing in the craft um, brewing world. Just because you have an independent craft label on your beer doesn't make mean you make a good product. And that's the kind of uh, the the conjunction between the two points. Whether people, you know, a beer is bad because I do not like it. Well, just because you make a beer in your independent craft brewery doesn't mean you make good beer. And it seems to be a lot of people are hanging their hat on that symbol as something that is noble and righteous in and 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 it just automatically deems you um, somebody that makes really good beer, and it just doesn't. You know what I mean? It's noble to own your own business and employ people and try to make hay of it. I love that shit. But if you make shit product, that kind of sucks. I mean, long of it, short of it. Just like I said, if you don't do your job and you don't work in a union, they're gonna shit can you. If you don't make good beer, no matter how many labels you have on it, independent or otherwise, you're gonna close down. But it seems like there's uh, the same way in and and outside of the beer world. You know, there are industries that are built on a kind of open thought and creativity and and whatnot that aren't unionized. Listen. Again, back to the whole union thing, you know, the musicians and actors and all that stuff that live in creative worlds that have unions. So, I'm, again, I'm using it as a loose analogy. But the same way you have, like, brewers, and this is the, where my kind of connection to it, the, the point I, or the angle, or the thought process between by the independent label that I originally kind of came up with, is that when the independent, independent label originally came out, I noticed something specific is that more coveted uh, small boutique breweries have not touched the label at all. You know, you could look at, I mean, I can name a bunch of them, but you know, uh, the upper echelon one, whether it be the tree houses of the world to trilliums to, you know, cellar maker to rare barrel to all those, a bunch of those breweries have not gotten one, inch towards that label they have shoot it they have not chosen to use it they decided not to use it whereas you have a lot of um either smaller breweries in the same capacity as those breweries or more specifically some of the bigger breweries that aren't as big as say the sam adams of the world i don't know if these people use it so if they do the sam adams of the world founders of the world there's one of the ones a lot of the ones that are trying to get to that level have grasped onto that label and are trying to use that label as a marketing term to dictate to the public that they're making a quality product that isn't produced by the man now they might say oh we're not thinking that we're not saying that with the label we're just saying we're independent i don't see it that way i see a lot of people actually trying using the independent craft label as a marker of of them doing a quality product um as opposed to just saying they're independent because 99 percent of the time the craft beer drinker uh, the upper kind of nth degree one is already going to know half that stuff, whether independent or not. It's more that kind of middle of the road person, which I actually don't know that they they give a shit. You know, the further down the further down you go in a pecking order, as far as your 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 fandom of beer, the less you're going to know about beer. But con- I also say, conversely, the less you're going to give a shit about where it kind of comes from. 
you know, and in what people usually are looking for is something that is well priced and that tastes well. And I think that that independent logo is being marketed as something as as a quality assurance seal, as opposed to a hey we don't take money from big corporation seal. So it, it yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like just because just because you throw that seal on your beer, and just because you're 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 trumpeting that trumpet and saying you're living in that world of independent craft brewing does not mean you make good beer. Um, it does not, you still have to put a good product on the table and, and it just seems like a lot of different breweries, at least from where I sit and what I've seen from the, you know, heard people talk about to the marketing portion of the show to how the label's been used since its inception. It seems like that's the case. Listen, like I said, it's a cyclical thing. It went from micro to craft to independent. There's going to be something beyond that. It's going to go beyond an independent craft brew and turn into something else after that. Artisanal craft brew or whatever. There's going to be a new stamp and a new seal that's going to take its place over time. And in 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 the grand scheme of things, it's 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 a good thing in its heart, in its core, in its inception. I believe. When the people who think about such things at the Brewers Association, stuff like that, create that label uh, as a marker for what they stand for, there's very true and pure intentions to it. Um, I just think that brewers and breweries take that mark and then kind of twist it and and kind of, you know, edge it in different directions to where it works for them. It ends up being a something that it wasn't originally intended. And I guess that's what you would say happened to craft beer and just a word in general, but it was taken by the kind of bigger corporations and, and then use them. They used it to kind of tweak and kind of wiggle their way into the door of a world that they aren't too privy to, but it just seems like breweries are doing much the same and smaller ones, you know, uh, local ones, you know, like local, I wouldn't say local, but smaller breweries, you know, uh, stuff that aren't producing crazy um, production level stuff that's kind of going out of state and stuff like that. They're kind of really clamoring onto that label and kind of using it as something. And, and to see a lot of the bigger breweries, the more boutique kind of uh, uh, coveted breweries, the smaller ones kind of eschew that label, not go anywhere near it to me kind of speak volumes about, uh, about what the label represents, you know, because if those breweries were really, really adamant about the label representing independence, I think they would embrace it. Um, but they're not. I think they embrace independence. I think uh, all these small breweries that do these, you know, beers, whether they be super and popular ones, whatnot, really had have a, a centralized ideal on where they want to be and what they want to do. I just feel like the environment, the market is so flooded with so many breweries right now that everybody's trying to looking for an advantage, whether they be at the top or the bottom, the symbols kind of being not bastardized, but using it in a way that it wasn't originally intended. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to mean that much. Like I said, your product wins the day in the end, you know, as long as you're not, you know, kicking puppies or hurting babies, you know, you're going to end up selling uh, beer if you make a good beer. And, uh, well, unless you're a super jerk off, um, but, uh, <laughs> which, you know, I think you can be a super jerk off and still be a, still make good beer and make, make hay of it. But it's one of those things where it's like, I see that kind of, 
I talked about the the um, the causation correlation thing, and I talked about the endowment effect a couple times in here, and I think it's a combination of those two when it comes to either end of the spectrum that I brought up in this editorial, whether it be the kind of uh, this beer's bad uh, versus a beer that I don't like, as opposed to this beer's good because I make it and I'm an independent craft brewer. I think that's a combination of those two kind of mindsets where it's like just because you what you what you just because you're saying it or you're providing it does not make it better just because you're doing it and conversely just because there's a validation for you whether it be uh, a rating website or your social media group or a craft beer label an independent label or something like that just because there's some kind of pseudo validation for it does not mean your product is good or your thoughts are valid um there's the proof is in the pudding thing. And that's kind of been the thing I've skirted around the whole time. I've said it a couple of times is that you have to make a good product, whether it be your thoughts that you project, whether it be in conversation or uh, on, you know, the internet or wherever you may be uh, when you talk to your beer friends or whether it's a good product in a bottle, in a crowler, in a can on draft at your local draft house or beyond. There's a lot of, you know, lot of pomp a lot of bullshit surrounding a lot of things nowadays not just in beer and politics and life and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of people yelling on each corner super super loudly to just try to distract you from the center and the center is just be a good person do good things make good beer and don't you know what i mean don't try to distract people or misguide people from good things moral of the story it's like i don't know i feel like i end a lot of these in like an aesop fable kind of thing um but i don't know any other way to end it because i don't know i don't really go into these with a hard written outline i just kind of go into them kind of yammering and stuff which some people hate but it's what i do uh, but yeah it's it's one of those things where you know look for the goodness and by that i mean not just the people who aren't aren't in those worlds. I'm also talking about the people who are violators of those worlds, whether you are a brewery that is leaning heavily on the independent craft label as something that means something, or you're a person that just says, I hate and I love without knowing things, dig down, learn your trade. Whether if you're a brewer, figure shit out. You know what I mean? Charge your head. Don't try to copy people. Do what you do and do what you want and do it well. Don't just hope in a prayer into a bottle or a draft or a can and just hang an independent label on it and assume people will drink it because you're making it your way. Or on the other end of the spectrum, if you're going to sit there and you're going to talk, if you're going to yell or you're going to scream, you're going to have a conversation about beer, you know, read a book, um, you know, do a little bit of research. You don't have to do a lot to know enough to be dangerous in the beer world. Understand the difference between good and bad beer, whether you're a brewer and whether you're a, you know, beer connoisseur and between what you like and what you don't like, what is good and what is bad. And and the world will be a better place for it. Not just yourself, but your consumer and also, you know, the people producing the stuff that you produce. There's, There's a conversation on both ends to be had. And if you make a conscious effort to put in the time to know enough to not be a dumbass channeling my inner red foreman right there then uh yeah the beer world will be a much happier place so there we go 
little quick editorial, not so quick. I don't know, about 40 minutes or so. Um, I figured I'd spot that out. It's just been weighing on me. You know, just been seeing it a lot with the um, with the bad beer versus beer you don't like thing and the, and the, and the review portion of the show. And the independent label thing's been a long time coming. There's probably a bit more in-depth hashing out to be done on that. Um, but that's for people that are much more articulate to me to write it down in naturally word form and give it to you <laughs> in a blog poster or a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a magazine or a book. But um, it's a little conversation starter for you. So anyway, are you listening to this on the Beer Massive podcast? If you are, write us at massivebeers at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Am I totally wrong? Am I right? I'm somewhere in between. You just want to yell at me about how I fucking kind of pooped on unions for a bit. I'm sorry if you're in one you think I did. It was just the best analogy I could come up with. So didn't mean to poop on you, buddy. But um, and secondary, if you're watching this on the Internet, so via YouTube or whatever. Um, yeah. What do you think? down in the comments below let us know what you think about the conversation how you feel about um people uh, knowing the difference between good or bad beer it doesn't matter like i said it doesn't really matter if you're not going to have an in-depth conversation about beer being shit or not um but when you have that conversation i think you should what do you think uh, on the other end of the spectrum how do you feel about the independent craft label is it something that you give any shits about and if you do does it do you see it being utilized properly or, or do you see it being, you know, tweaked and bastardized? I don't know. That's why I asked you. So yeah, reach out, whether it be in comments below, uh, massive at gmail.com, social media, beer, massive and massive beers all over the place. So yeah, write us, check us out, write, write us a, your hate mail or, or your positive mail. And, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this little editorial. Hopefully you're enjoying a nice little, uh, independent craft beer right now. Mm. We'll see you next time. Cheers.